Welcome to Powerful, Wild and Magical, the podcast for the female leader who wants to reconnect with her true essence, step into her divine feminine power and make a huge impact in the world. I am your host, Nadia Gargalo, and in today's episode, we have Leah Serrano. Leah is a master mindset coach, business mentor, and female psychedelic advocate. She helps visionary leaders and individuals to find their values, mission, and purpose, and build, lead, and scale profitable businesses. Leah combines a very down-to-earth approach with her expertise in neuroscience, leadership, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and tantra. In this deep conversation, we talk about how entrepreneurship, spirituality, and natural medicine can work together, how psychedelics can help improve performance and leadership, different types of psychedelics, and different ways they can be used. I can't wait to dive into all this magic. Let's get into it. so excited to have you here it's been since I started the podcast that I knew I wanted someone to to talk about psychedelics so I'm so so excited for this conversation welcome to the show likewise super excited as well and delighted to also know your story hear more about you and looking also at your work let's just start with with your story uh, you grew up in a business environment so how was that for you and what influence it had in building your own business yeah indeed well actually the full story is that I grew up in a business environment uh, but actually was more related to medicine than business by itself so that actually came a little bit later um, so my whole story just to go back a little bit more on time I grew up in a family of doctors so my context was very much related all around healing also my parents yeah they come from come from a Mexican Spanish blended family and it was not a very typical Mexican family in the sense that was very traditional. So in that sense, I think that gave a lot of space. Uh, but somehow, yeah, my parents turned to also explore more side of holistical way of healing, which I think in some way also influenced, had some influence on the way how maybe I was also going to be relating at a certain point with myself, with work. And so it was just like all the time in a radar. My mom had her own business. And I think that was like all around that area. And then later when I get started there as well, like on myself, on my background was initially also in art. So that was like a long way actually to get there into back what am I into right now? Um, but yeah, like then after I move out from Mexico and then I start also like getting into online businesses, that's when like the whole bubble really start exploding into opening up the world on, on things that, yeah, they were totally different to maybe where I grew up, like in terms about just only medicine or any only type of, yeah, it was like an other type of business uh, perspective. So if I get to look back on time, so initially was around dance. I started some businesses actually there, like in Mexico already. So I was hired actually to be as a dancer and also like teaching. So that was like quite beautiful period, really exploring myself on more like an artistic realm until then, yeah personal story came where I had a heart crash. So depression came into play. And I think that changed a lot of the shift on perspective on what really came the outcome later on in my life. So then afterwards, when I moved out from Mexico and I started really exploring more, okay, what do I wanted to do also with my career? What do I wanted to do also with my vision? 
that's when it really just eventually came very organically the part of business, right? So that was like, when I say about this, like people are actually quite surprised because they, they don't know that part of my story, but that actually came like really into something that was like, okay, like I like this, what I'm doing, but how can I bring broader impact, right? And how can I bring this bigger contribution into more people? And when I saw online businesses and in general, like the way of making business as a way to really also impact and help people and others, like that's really when I started to shift the thing. So I, I like to see myself as a quiet, I, I, I really like hanging out and really like as well helping people and getting a broader commercial perspective, but really shifting the mindset into instead of thinking, doing business or thinking as business as something which, you know, there are a lot of programs around like money as something bad or being too business oriented as something bad into more like changing the storyline or the narrative into how do you are actually bringing more impact to the world, right? How are you actually providing more freedom to people? How does wealth can actually impact your, your quality of life, your thriving self as a human being and your your time in life here, right? So that's that's my way of thinking. Anytime you do business and anytime we also go into having a more commercial perspective into getting more sales into what we do, into expanding that, I see it as really serving the world, as really expanding our kids. Yeah, I love that. And this is something that Richard Rudd, the, the creator of the Jinkies, mm -hmm. talks about, about how the paradigm is changing and how businesses in general, even big corporates, eventually there will be businesses that create impact. There won't be businesses just based on, on the level of income and like growing their finances and income levels, but they will be more focused on making an impact and even having departments where the whole business is, is uh, structured from that are just focusing on, on creating an impact. So totally. I think I think that's a lovely, a lovely thing to do. And as coaches and mentors is is one of our big whys, right? It's just to create an impact and, and change how things are in society right now. Totally. And I think that's a really great point on what you're adding to. And I also know that's also one of the sequences from the Jinkies. I love that it's really getting into how prosperity comes actually from your own gifts, right? Like it's kind of like the development after you discover them and you get over the shadow then this starts to just unfold naturally and so i like sometimes i i tend to speak in quite high levels for some people that sometimes they lose it there but if i bring in into more grounded or like a more granular part or grounding part it's quite interesting if you get to see what's happening right now in the world so we went through a pandemic and the economic world has been just shifting like incredibly fast over the last two years and yeah what companies right now for example experiencing and sell when i speak about companies then i'm also speaking about okay the people who are working there right? the way how they're also making their lives up the way where they're we're investing our time as well as humans in a company like believing in a purpose believing in a mission and and what's happening right now over the last year has been quite volatile but most of the companies what they're struggling i don't know if maybe you're familiar with the um, great resignation phenomena that's happening over the last few months well almost a year no so what's happening basically is that yeah like there has been like a huge amount of quitters over the last 12 months around uh perhaps almost 18 months on the year right so companies have really left like talent has been just escaping outside and and that is really like I, I call it like an initiation right it's kind of like all what has all what we have gone through as humanity over the two last years 
it really brought us inside into ask ourselves what are we doing, what we're doing, right? Like really kind of like ask our purpose beneath. And, and that's the reason why, you know, like they're having like a hundred stories. Like I think if you just Google this, like you'll find like hundred articles and they're like, of course, you know, consultant companies as well. Yeah, really like getting to see what's the data behind this. Why are people doing this and how do companies also thrive in this world? Me, myself, you know, like I've, I've experienced that as well and like hiring people and it's been tremendously difficult I think, over the last two years, maybe than before. And that's really like comes into us as humans. We probably were just like, sitting, you know, with our heads, like, you know, at home and asking ourselves, really like making an analysis of our lives and really thinking if what I'm doing is really what I want to do and why am I doing it, right? Like the question of the why really comes into what is the purpose of what I'm investing my time there. And I think that's the challenge that, yeah, let's say the businesses. And I think if I get to think in the future, that's how really the workspace will be shifting into looking how do you as a human being also relating to putting your time in a place where you feel that's really purpose-driven, that is really making sense for you, that is really aligned with what you truly value and like what you really truly prioritize. And the same, how do companies attract people based on, you know, like that's your vision, that's your mission. And perhaps where they might be needing to ask themselves truly inside if they have that clear, right? Because it's kind of like when we have, I don't know, you maybe are like looking to connect with people and when you have your values clear, when you know what do you really stand for in life, you know that you stand like this magnet that you're really like literally attracting these other people who think in the same way, right? So yeah. it's kind of the same like when you are also making business or when you also have a company or yourself as a company, right? Like where you have really like this clear vision and what you stand for is also from those beliefs that you also attract people, right? But in this moment when people are really asking themselves, you know, what they really want to do, that's when they are really struggling to get to see Okay, how do we really ensure that this is actually really making a contribution? How do people feel they're having an impact in the world? How do people really feel that they're investing their time there and it's worth totally, right? Like it's their life, right? It's, it's yeah. Work is one third of our lives. And I, I say this constantly also to people, to clients, to, to hires as well, like on, yeah, this, this really make, needs to make sense for you on where you're spending your time and knowing that also right now, that's like another factor kind of like looking ahead in future. Um, so I think the way how also humanity will continue unfolding both on the business side, but also in coaching is getting to know on the stage as human beings, where we're going is that we right now have more resources than distribution, right? So it's kind of like, you get to see in the amount of things that we produce, like there is quite enough. So there are also like quite enough jobs. There are quite enough, uh, things which are like, for example, for resources, like food and everything, but it's not yet fully yet distributed. Right. So in some places there might be a little bit more in some other areas in the world, there might be less, you know, of course that creates a lot of problem. And, and the question there is how do we then start to think of, you know, what would happen if people actually would not need to work, right? What you, what, how would be your ideal day if you had no need to work, right? Like what would be your purposes as well being alive? What would make you happy? What would make you thrive? And starting from that question, that's really, I think that's the starting point on anything that then we put our energy, anything, any project, any business, any client that we put there, our time is where it needs to be standing from. Like, what would I do in my ideal life? Like, you know, if I didn't have to work at all. Yeah, that's a beautiful reflection. I love it. Um, you combine science with spirituality and even natural medicine in your work. Would you like to share a bit more about your unique approach and how you combine all this? Yes, for sure. So I'll pick it up back in my story <laughs> on how this um, huge uh, combination came as well. So yeah, after I started uh, to also build online businesses, 
yeah, and as well to really get to see how this impact was going way, way broader and as well how through especially, you know, shifting that mindset on, yeah, like seeing my parents also growing up, like building uh, offline businesses and seeing how the scalability through something online could be way broader. I think that really claimed my attention. So I really like when I dive deep inside into any type of other ways of really creating business in that way. So I really, I don't know, I think like spend years also like trying out different ways. That's when I really got into social media as well, like getting to learn all these little things that I went then later on also as marketing consultant. Yeah, but also like really getting to see how all the types of business models are that are available and how many sources of income there can be possible, right? With just a single website, which maybe can cost you your $10 and then how much impact you can be creating and for yourself, but also for others. Um, so that's eventually also like then evolving to starting to make bigger projects as well. Then also between combine also with working in a corporate. And I think at a certain point I noticed, which is a little bit of what we're also discussing before on how in between these experiences, between making business myself and starting them like more solopreneur, also then later on with people and also working in a corporate, it started to become on seeing myself that I had the same pattern of, let's say, being working and working and doing and doing and performing and performing and how, you know, like this is like probably like the shadow of the high shivers that it's like never enough like it's never good enough it's it's always there can be something more there can always something bigger there can be always something higher and and i think like realizing that i was living in that vision for quite some years i think at a certain point yeah it become a wake-up call for myself where i was in my own company and i we were like doing a quite beautiful expansion also working with a vibrant team and i think there were like of course ambitions that maybe were not fully in alignment and for me, it really came very clear on the day where I really stood up um, and I woke up and I really didn't really want to go to work. And I was like, oh, wait, this is happening because I love this so much. And I, this has been like my baby over the last years. And, and then I really realized as I just continue working, I just said, okay, like Leah, you know, this will just go through maybe just like a sensation, just go and keep on. And as I keep on one day, I, when I was just like going in the stairs and I realized again, the same feeling, I noticed, I was just asking myself, like, what would it happen if this was my day of life? What am I leaving behind? And and that question was just kind of really, like, really remember myself, like just walking in the stairs. I was just going to my office and I was like, fuck, you know, like, what am I doing? And and really, what am I doing? Start to really like go inside deep in on, okay, is, is this really the place where I want to be? And, and just more like, you know, we, we can fall quite quickly into these programs of like, oh no, it's a company and you know, and it's maybe my business partner or maybe, you know, we, we try and we blame. And this is what I call like the victim aggressor program. So that's kind of like an embedded program in society where we tend to look for a savior and we tend to look for someone who's actually, you know, the aggressor. And it's very easy to fall under that. So I, I think, yeah, at a certain point, maybe I fall under that. But as I, as I go within myself, then I realized that question came from, story way long time before right and that story came from long time before when when i left mexico i i yeah experienced a depression and and it took me quite some years to actually pack it up like into something that was actually a resource in my life because i just got recovered but i really never like go within into what really happened there and what really happened that is that i survived to death and that i fought uh quite some attempts on suicide and and which all these things just actually helped me so much into my own personal growth and, and those things that I leave myself, they also helped me as the way how I was also approaching work and the way how also I was living myself, right? So I really went into deep spirituality after all this happened. And, and I think that was like the remnant that came into really realizing how unique is this life and also how little time we have 
we don't know, but it's just every single day living it like with that eyes of, okay, if this was the last day of life, what would I be doing, right? Where would I be investing my time? Which type of clients would I be working with? Who would I be hanging out? What would I say no? What would I say yes more? Why would I just like there and try, right? So I think this question, which arises again, like going to my store in the stairs, really came into play and, and started to just not leave me alone until, yeah, I took the decision to step out. So it was a, a quite a beautiful movement, which then unfolded a lot of things in my life. And, and that's where I really started to blend these two arts together, right? And how do I change this pattern of working and overworking and overdoing and overperforming, which is the wounded masculine or what I call the wounded masculine with this other energy of intuition and rest and ease, right? And, and this feminine flow, which is so different, which is deep. The feminine is deep. It's very, very deep. It's highly emotional. It, it has a different flavor and component and the decisions are being driven from a very different place. And I think, yeah, when I step back from my company, I, I, I look really like deep in my life and I think connecting also with my feminine made me also go deep into my spirituality again. So I, I really start to then go again into, yeah, spend more time with women, go to women's circles, deep dive into my own sexuality as well, into my femininity, and then ask myself, how could I bring these two energies in the same place? How could I bring these two energies in my workplace? So this is how Holy also was founded. So this is the place from where like all this union and balance also came into play. And Eventually, the plant medicine part came as well in a very intuitive way. So I, I was studying already for quite some years. Yeah, all the development and the research, which is fascinating, absolutely, in, in terms about the psychedelics. So I think if you're more or less familiar since around 2012, 2015, there has been like a quite outspread around the impact of psychedelics, right? Like this is, this is what we call more like the third wave, like because this has already happened quite some times. So in the 60s, there was like these huge waves that we probably remember from, you know, the hippies and, you know, Woodstock and people suddenly taking LSD and they were stopping the war because they were just feeling connected, you know, and all of these whole trips and they were unable to harm another human being, right? But then everything got stopped. And yeah, it was just like recently picked up in the 2000 and something. So around those ages, 2012, 2015, it started to go widespread against in media, right? So there were already quite some institutions and, and quite some people as well, organizations making some research, but really getting the attention and more than the attention, the credibility from media started to happen around that time. So I think around the time as well, I really got into, okay, like learning around microdosing and learning about like some basic around, okay, how does this actually can, can work, right? But I really never tried and dared to do it. Until then, I went through this awakening and then going through this awakening really shifted a lot of things. Um, so, yeah, I, it started like with also myself. I, I look into my beliefs around drugs because I, to be like super concrete during many years, also growing up in a family of doctors, you know, where like it was like just one bucket, drugs and on drugs. And in the bucket of drugs, I, I had, of course, um, sorry, which is like silencing the call. Yeah. So in the bucket of drugs, I had... Uh, yeah, all these things like ayahuasca and, you know, weed inside and everything. Well, in the bucket of non-drugs, I had anesthesia and even highly, I don't know, other things which maybe they can get to, you know, hospital or paracetamol, but which can be actually quite harmful, right? So I, I had like this kind of like, you know, like division. And I, I was still, I think, like in, in, in paradigm where I, my masculine was protecting me quite a lot on, on you know, on, on on trying to make it safe for myself and, and boxing things and, and, on, and having a structure and having a reason for everything and overanalyzing. And I think as I got more into this intuitive part, 
yeah, I, I got to connect also in how can this be actually something different, right? Into how can we also learn to unbox these things and, and then eventually, of course, to get to see that, yeah, then when I start experiencing a safe environment, this type of plants, that's when really like a shift occurred myself. And yeah, it was very clear for me that I really wanted to do also something there. So what I do right nowadays, I, I blend all these two parts. So I blend the practical world with a very, very pragmatic way on doing business. How can you bring this impact to the world with a soft and a feminine approach where everything is not only explained by science, right? And we have other centers where we can access to this information and which are inside ourselves. And then with a part also of, okay, what is then our wisdom as humans, right? And where are we right now? We're on earth. And earth has these wonderful gifts, which are just medicine that we're using in our daily lives, such as coffee, right? They, they put us our mind in a different state. So this is why I like also speaking about altered states of consciousness instead mm -hmm. of like only psychedelic drugs or anything like this, because you can really access to these type of states through many other ways and many other paths, which, you know, psychedelics are just one of them. Uh, but there are many different ways that you can also access to those beautiful states. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important that integration between the masculine and feminine and a lot of the people who are already in a spiritual path they have been experiencing this, especially in the last like two, three years. Yes. But it's starting to like, you can start seeing more of it, I think, in businesses, not just coaches and other businesses, but in general, because the society was all in the masculine, all in the doing, in the competition, yeah. work, work, work. And so many people are, we can see how much stress there is in the world right now and people burning out and people are more... Yeah and even more so since 2020 because everyone was forced to slow down yes. if they didn't want to even if they were not in this path they were forced to slow down and everything came up right like all the things yeah. that people were not seeing because they were keep just busy 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 doing 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 not thinking just the mind busy everything busy they were forced to look inside and to experience something else and I think since there the integration of the masculine and the feminine is being even bigger. And I think also, I really believe in energy. So I think the era of Aquarius, which was yeah. again in 2020, making a big yes. Like I think everything happens for a reason, right? So exactly. it was beautifully orchestrated by the universe uh, at the right time. This pandemic was also happening for a reason. Totally. So, yeah, and there, there are actually quite some, um, yeah, there, there are quite some tribes. I, re I remember there was a tribe in Peru who were speaking about this era. And yeah, we have, we have developed that as more like the era of Aquarius, which I'm also very familiar of what it really meant in the world, right? And, and maybe for people who are not too spiritual, maybe you might be thinking like, what is this, you know, like this random maze. But there were like actually quite some, some, some mentions, you know, and these are like ancient tribes, which, they have the knowledge like and they've been connecting probably more with earth and animals in nature than we have probably are right now with our current lifestyle and what they spoke was around these two eras right so they were speaking around an era which lasted for 500 years which they call i think remember the pachacuti and they they call it like they reflected that with a birth so that that meant like the masculine and it was an energy on how we have been experiencing as human beings we needed to experience that energy of going more in the masculine and the over-rationalizing and how also the extreme tended to be a bit more the over-exploration of Pachamama, of Earth. And how we started to actually enter into this new era, I can't remember exactly, but they stated similar days like 2012, 2020. 
um, into another Pachacuti, which is also going to be lasting 500 years, where we are entering into more feminine area, right? Where we are going backwards into our roots, where we're looking beneath on earth before outside. And, and I think this is the this is a moment, like, so if I go back into, this is quite spiritual, but this is also my call out on one of the reasons that I was also, yeah, one of the reasons that I'm firmly believing in why I decided to stay alive in, in this planet was that I believe as women, we have a strong power unknown yeah. and and this moment in life this moment on earth it's it's highly important on what we can contribute because we're here to balance we're here to awesome power and during if we look back into our ancestors for the last 500 years there was so much change and all this probably needed to happen for us to be standing in this specific moment in this specific time and life where things are so different like so if i go into a practical level on the 60s the situation of a woman well no, the condom revolutionized the things and also the, well, the pill basically, because then suddenly we changed pleasure and we changed also our way of relating with work because then, yeah, if you get pregnant, you can decide, right? If you actually can decide before even getting pregnant, you can have pleasure and, and you can be working at the same time. So then it started to also shift. If we look at then after the war, you know, like then it's the whole genesis of feminism and where we're right now standing as women with the rights that we have right now and we have developed. So I think for me, this is quite special to getting to think that all this whole evolution and walkthrough, right, is, is also an invitation at how we are right now, like the world has been waiting for us to be also stepping into the power. And when stepping into the power, I don't mean in, in the way that we diminish the masculine power, not at all, but how do we actually allow the men to lean more in their feminine, right? Mm -hmm. How do we allow them to have that softness? How do we allow men to also have that space of security? You know, I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've experienced circles where men are attending to men's circles, where they're getting conscious around their whole spectrum as a human being. They're getting in touch with their emotions. They're getting in touch with their shadows. And I've seen this, and this is purely amazing, right? Because they're really also blending their both energies, right? And if you see this, you know, they might be doing that on a personal level, but how does this reflect in them later on in their families? How does that reflect them later on in their work? How does this reflect them later in their business? It's amazing because they, they are embracing both parts. And it's the same for us as women, like the invitation of, also learn how to embrace our masculine, also learn how to stand up in our power and feminine, you know, which is, it can be also quite broad, but really, I, I think it's really like a strong call out on this new era. It's also meant where we are here to make a strong message and a strong change. Yeah, I think it's beautiful that both genders are doing the work because as you said, like the masculine and the feminine is within everyone. It's not the masculine is not just for the male and the feminine for the for the female exactly. and it's work that everyone has to do like we, we know how men have not been in touch with their emotions because yeah they were told you're being girly you know don't show your emotion, emotions men don't cry all these things and we have been all so, so disconnected and i think it's such a key piece in the evolution of the collective that everyone does this work so let's go back to psychedelics and yes. I would love to know how, like, how have psychedelics have impacted your business and your life? What changes have you seen since you started to use psychedelics with yourself? Yeah, hugely. So basically they, they literally changed the whole way for me to approach business and the whole way as well for me to approach business when working with clients. So let's say to be more specific, what psychedelics does into our mind, they allow us to bring or access to, as I said before, other type of 
altered states of consciousness, you know, which are just ways of how we have always this consciousness, but it's like the substance just reflects the inner tools that we have within, right? So it's it's kind of like imagine that you see a mirror and it's been just like maybe you have it like covered and then suddenly it's just like for a month you are having that uncovered. So you're seeing yourself there every day and you might be seeing things that maybe you didn't see before that clearly because it was like slightly covered with, a, you know, like imagine if you had like some sheet or some fabric over it so you couldn't see yourself fully. But suddenly you are able to just like take this fabric out and see yourself for a month every day so clearly right so i think maybe microdosing could be like you know maybe you have a lighter fabric if you go into high doses like you suddenly like are in a room full of mirrors right <laughs> so they really they really reflect a lot of what is within you right and they basically reflect all the tools that you have within um so it can be with a different degree of intensity with different energy so also working depending on which plant they can be bringing you in some state or another and that's the whole spectrum, of course, of if I'm only speaking about psychedelics, but there are also like other type of plant medicine, which can be also used to enhance certain properties from yourself and your own development, but yeah, which are not necessarily psychoactive. Um, but the beautiful thing is that really psychedelics can be a door of awakening on, on spinning out processes, right? Like I think usually we as humans, we tend to, we tend to take decisions based on how fast we can get there. Like, so the motivation of people can get to be on there are two types of people, right? Like, let me let me make it clear. There is one type of people who their motivation might be influenced by who they want to become. Mm -hmm. There is the motivation of people who maybe might be influenced in a pain impulse, right? Maybe something painful needs to happen and then they take action. Well, there are other people who actually get intrinsically motivated by, oh, you know, I want to do that or I want to become that. And I think psychedelics can can help in the two ways, right? And many many times people. On the second bucket, they can be coming because there was something very painful and they 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 just got into a point where someone maybe said like this could be helpful and they go and try and they get this beautiful surrounding and, and this really like, yeah, like this journey of consciousness, right? And remembering, I always call it as remembering. And there might be other cases where also maybe people, they want to achieve something, they want to thrive, they want to maybe explore themselves better. And they also go through this door and it also, you know, blooms and opens up doors, right? But in both cases, they're just psychedelic experience is just reflecting for you what you have within it right so i think in that sense i like to divide it in three parts so um depending on the dosage it changes depending on the medicine that also changes depending also on your set and setting can be a total different experience right because i think that is a part when we speak for example about um psychedelics such as mdma where a lot of people might have experience but they have in a setting uh perhaps where they're highly influenced by what is around and maybe if they're like uncomfortable situations or there is maybe a lot of movement or there is maybe a lot of people that, that not that might not be actually like a place where you want to go deep inside and in your process right so that that might not be the outcome that you want to get well if you do that on a ceremonial setting or you do that with a therapist then that might be a completely different outcome right because you also allow the medicine to reflect you what you have within and, and really see the tools so that is one one option so you get like i would say like there are many options, but let's say you, I could just like structure that in three. Could be like you can be trying psychedelics from microdosing perspective, which is meaning trying a very small amount of the dose, which is around maybe one tenth or one fifteenth part of a regular big dose. And this is more like a whisper, right? So you do this in a protocol for a certain time uh, where you are doing that every here and then. So normally there are different protocols, but maybe one day yes, one day no for a certain amount of period. There is also the possibility of doing maybe a 
yeah, like a small dose, like a little dose, which is a little bit bigger, maybe to work with some more creativity. So there are many people who are maybe creatives and special Silicon Valley atmosphere. I think that has been quite used on, you know, like maybe going certain process, the more creative work, maybe musicians as well. And then you have the big doses, right? So the big dose is probably what it has been more well known around the psychedelic uh, atmosphere and scene as well, on where you really go into a trip, right? You go into this big, big journey and you take a big dose. Then from there, you also have like, you know, microdoses where it can be like heroic dose, like really, really high. And and I think, yeah, when, when I speak on this sense, I, I normally refer to psychedelics into getting to look at them uh, from a healing perspective, from also a personal development perspective, because that is where the impact can be bringing such a long, such a long part, right? And I think that is the at this moment, I think in the market and in the in the world in general, there is still a lot of misconceptions around the benefits of psychedelics, the risks of psychedelics, because of course there are risks. Let's be absolutely clear in that regard. But also there is a huge unknown part because of so many programming that has been beneath that, that has avoided actually for research to happen. And if research didn't happen, then we don't get information that can help our journeys, right? So I think the way how it impact my work, um, if I sum up in, in, in a way to also reflect that, has been in an incredible way into psychedelics really allow myself to go from point A to point Z in a way faster way, right? So I, I really experienced, I've been doing meditation for many years and I think I, I would really equivalent also the impact of psychedelics, maybe such as, you know, like a lot of years of practice of meditation, uh, which really allow myself to really have, you know, a lot of self-built control as well, a lot of awareness on myself, a lot of also length of, of, of brainwave, like into what I want to do also in my life. Uh, but secondly, suddenly we're just like a speed up. Like, so suddenly maybe in one night, like I just had this huge rush, like if it was maybe five years of therapy and, and, and many things became very clear, right? Many things became very, very neat. And I, and I could also really experience. And I think that is, that is the huge difference about the secular experience. You might be, you might be able to believe on things in life, right? So you might have beliefs around, like, for example, we are one. Right. And, and because we are one, then, you know, when I'm speaking with someone and I get triggered, I, I'm thinking, we're one, we're one, don't get pissed off, you know, don't shout. But okay, that's something that's a belief right now. Experiencing that sensation, that's another thing because it's something that it stays in your body, right? Like our, our feelings are the portal, the access doors for our behaviors and for every single of our actions. And when you experience that, when you get that experience, and this is what happened in the 60s, right? Like people were going into these LSD trips and they're suddenly were experiencing this pure bliss of feeling they were one with everything, one with the world, one with all human beings, one with every single part of nature. And then when it came back, they were absolutely unable to go to war, right? So it's the same thing when you were with a psychedelic, of course, it depends on the psychedelic, you get to experience these things that you don't forget because your body remembers and your body stays also with that part, which can also tend to be like, you know, like a more integration or can be like a little bit more challenging, maybe if, depending on the resources you might be having, the set and setting and everything, how it went. But that's the huge impact. Your, your system is, is rewired, like in some way, that's like a very broad way to put it, but it's like a, it's like a huge reset, right? It's a huge reset. I also don't like seeing psychedelics as the number one solution because it's Again, not for everyone as well. So it needs to have like quite some protocols in place. I think it also requires integration. I think the set and setting does play a big role. And I think as it gets more research and also it gets more open, of course, you know, there will be more and more and more and more ways to do it in safe environments, right? Like as, as there are already now, but you know, maybe that there will be like 
clinics of secular therapy all around. You know, that's something that is right now already happening in the States. And this will be coming to Europe every time more and more. There are already quite some in the Netherlands and, and, and Belgium. But this is this is a this is a point where you can really get like all the healing power. And more than healing power is just it's just like something that can bring you faster. Right. So I think the, the question mark in psychedelics is 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 really like increasing your consciousness, increasing your awareness making you remember things that are always been there for you and that you have within it's in your own power and getting to them faster right i think that's that's the key point and why is this also like such a game changer and and how there are just there is i really like this thing i think it was being said by i can't remember it was terrence mckenna but it was like yeah the banning on the plants like the plant has not hasn't done anything bad like there there is no <laughs> there is nothing bad that has been happening there, but but we we criminalize that for for agendas and, and we criminalize that for 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 purposes but there is nothing actually the, the, the plan is not a criminal but it's more a matter of and, and this is very important it's more a matter about like why maybe we as society have misused misused certain plans right why maybe as society we have tend also to escape about certain things through substances because i think that is the point on even if you look at alcohol Alcohol is at the end also, you know, it comes from grapes and it's also plant, right? So it, it can even be, it was being used by Greeks, like as a plant medicine, right? For celebration, for joy, right? And, and you can get to think the same with coffee. So this is this is my perspective when I speak about plants, like it's it's in a very broad way on plants. How do you also use coffee, for example, for, for your own, uh, for accessing to altered states of consciousness, right? Because it brings you into very active way and your brain is very sharp and it's very clear. Or the same, how do you also use tea, right? Like tea also make me brings a clarity, maybe brings like waking up your energy. And, and we use many other plants, like aphrodisiac, there, there are hundreds of plants, right? But how we as humans, we have tended to go to maybe some of them and avoided certain states in ourselves. So maybe we, you know, as society, we have accepted, okay, alcohol is good to just like go once in a while and just like, you know, numb out and forget everything. And it's a way to escape out, right? But what are we what are we escaping from? That is the main question. Why, why, what is the reason? And it comes from very much from trauma, right? It's very like, it's like we're living still that is in traumatized society, which I think is improving every day more and more. But we 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 tend to then look for an easy exit. And I think that has been. The reason why there has been also a lot of programming around, you know, psychedelics, but at the end, yeah, it, it's it's just actually a door. It's a door of awakening because in, yeah, in probably like psychedelics by itself, there is no harm. So there is no harm of uh, addiction by itself. There can be some risks implied, but there are actual psychedelics which are being used for treating addiction. So it's, it's in fact the whole, I always speak about them as a future of psychiatry, as also a big part of the future of well-being. And I think there have been more and more being used by people also for, as I said, in the first bucket for people who maybe want to become into something bigger, how can they get faster there? Like, and really using these ones as, you know, one option of getting an entire state of consciousness. That's something that I love about plant medicine, that it can be used to heal and see like very dark parts of yourself, but it can also be used for the opposite. And so we see the polarity a lot with plant medicine. It can be also used... And I've seen articles about uh, entrepreneurs and like businesses and the Silicon Valley um, world where they are using psychedelics to get ideas, to get creative, to yeah. run the businesses. So I, I, I feel it's so fascinating that it has those two spectrums. Have you, have you tried already? Have you got any experience? No, no, I would love to. And it's been, it's been a while that I want to, but here yeah. 
open because it's not legal. It's not that I yes. to find. I would love to try ayahuasca, but yeah. in Spain there is not no a lot about uh, of ayahuasca. I think there is a place in Barcelona, but yeah, it's definitely something that I want to explore. I think that it was there was uh, a retreat in Ibiza as well. Yeah, but since the pandemic, everything has stopped. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's. 100% something that's in my in my tool. your bucket list amazing so what what type of psychedelics uh, would you recommend and what experiences have you had with different psychedelics yeah yeah so I think I, I very much here go and and perhaps there I, I might share also part of my personal story because I think for a lot of women also who are maybe having this call inside there are like a lot of things again like this comes from you know the programming that we got around like yeah, you know, psychedelics is something super dangerous and, and this is going to actually kill your life. And, you know, it has, you know, like then we get all these stories and, and me myself, I also went through that. So I, I, as I said, I grew up in a family of doctors. I was always having these two buckets and I also personally experienced a, like a, a experience in my life from a very close person who had an addiction problem. And that was a huge thing in my life because it, it also just like reflected to me very closely, how can an addiction harm so much someone? And it was actually like with some plant in, in the involved, but there were like many other things, right? So it was very impactful for me. And, and I think at that moment, I, I was really never like into even considering, I've been like quite a, quite a, quite a very chill person in my life. So having just like mostly also using day plans, like, you know, like having really like gone too much around parties. It was like really kind of like this boring thing, more like into spiritual things, but yeah, that this, this really impacted me in the sense about like really ask myself on how I was also relating with, with plants in general, with substances. Right. And as I said, I did for one year, like this experiment, I do a lot of experiments with myself, uh, which is also one of the things which I shared most also in my channels. So I did this experiment with myself on, okay, like be sober for an entire year and, you know, go out and party and have fun or seeing myself, how I was actually relating, for example, with coffee or with tea, with any type of substance, which can create maybe a certain addiction with myself. And, and that really helped a lot to see what were my patterns and to feel safe within myself. So I think that experiment helped me a lot. So when I really decided to start with plant medicine to feel that it was aligned with myself and the way how i see this is usually usually plants call you nadia and, and this is a very special thing because i think especially for us as women we are very connected with our intuition and and this is what happened to me i i suddenly started to get these calls and my first call was when i when i was 18 and i it was just not the right time for me to do it and and then when my when my third call came i there was no way i could just step back out but i had to go through a lot of beliefs to review and see if they were still serving me which imply you know like hey you know there are these two buckets hey no you saw this happen to this person and that was very painful you don't want to go ever through that like you don't want to be you know with someone again who goes through this because it's very painful that's my belief which i had at the time and and <clears throat> and then getting to see where do i put then psychedelics like in my head in my analytical head was was a process i went through so the easiest way for me to also then experience that was okay let's let's see if this is for me, right? And, and when I really started to feel like intuitively this was very important call and it was like something which was calling me out, okay, let's go and see how can this actually know if this is for me, right? And this is where microdosing came into play. So I, I started my first microdosing protocols. I also get like some training and, and it was amazing. It was, a, it was a huge, a huge impact. So I started working with- um, What plant medicine were you using? Yeah, it was psilocybin. 
So when we speak about, let's say, the main compounds, I'm going to make it very practical. We can be speaking about psilocybin as the main compound, which is the chemical component, which is found in mushrooms, for example, in truffles as well, but which is the same compound, like let's say in terms of molecular structure, there are like some little differences, uh, which is also being found in LSD, right? So actual LSD was synthesized uh, in the 50s and I think this, 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 this molecule, when it was synthesized, which was a complete accident, then later on, Albert Hoffman, which was the person who, well, accidentally synthesized this, mm -hmm. he, 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 he also got in touch with shamans in Mexico, and, and he realized that it was exactly the same experience, you know, like doing mushroom ceremony like they did in Mazatex at that moment, while having an experience with LSD was exactly the same. So then when you look at a chemical level, you see that they're actually very similar, you know, they have certain, you know, like little changes, but they're actually the same, right? So when we speak about this, it's like psilocybin, you also have mescaline. Mescaline is another molecule substance which is being found in plants such as peyote, also being used by Mexicans, Cholas, um, for example. Uh, peyote, San Pedro, also used in Peru uh, by quite some tribes there, and then also found in MDMA. Mm. So, you know, then you start to see the scope on how, you know, when we speak about chemical uh, things and when we speak about natural things, it's just like the analog. And, and, and that's where we start to then question ourselves, right? Like why like they're actually the same. Synthetic um, drug is always the, the compound is coming from the natural one, right? No, it can be, it can be done like in the lab, right? So then... Yeah, no, but unless... what I mean is the, the, um, the synthetic uh, drugs that you can see there that people use to party, yeah. the components of, of those are coming from the co same components as the natural ones. Yeah, technically, technically indeed. Technically, it's like they could be doing, for example, you know, if you do LSD, technically it's like you could also drive it and bring it like into a ceremonial setting. Like if you were doing indeed a mushroom ceremony, yeah. That's the same. So maybe there are like some changes there. Like for example, LSE, the length of the trip can be way, way longer. So that can be around up to eight to 12 hours. Well, with mushrooms is around uh, four to six hours, right? So I think that those are the things. And even nowadays with all the research that's been happening. So quite of the centers which are already using psychedelic therapy, they tend to also use, uh, because it's easier as well, uh, the chemical components. So they do that in pills. So it's like some specific developments that we have been done and they can also know how many hours is that going to be lasting. So then also the therapist can be there. So, so it's a whole spectrum, right? So it comes just from there and, and it's the beautiful blend on how, again, this moment in the world where science and, and ancient wisdom, they mix, right? Where the masculine and the feminine, they meet and they make love. So it's, it's the same with plant medicine, right? Like where you have the chemical components, which, you know, they help and they have been already been studied for years. And then you have also the natural components. So I think, yeah, in terms about microdosing, uh, it's quite useful to maybe get started with psilocybin. I think it's a very gentle medicine with a very beautiful way to wake up right like it's a very it's it's, it's an energy when, when we speak about plant medicine each plant has a very different energy right so if i speak for example you said that you would have to do ayahuasca so ayahuasca for example has an energy which is very inwards right like many people relate to it as more as a moderate uh energy so it really brings you like very very inside like sometimes can bring you like you know to other planets like can bring you just very far away but it's a very like inside energy you really want to go like deep inside with yourself into your soul into like source like the deepest parts of anything in the world uh well for example mdma well like some pattern mescaline the the molecule by itself is more an outwards energy right so for example the ceremony with some pattern 
can tend to be, for example, in an open space. We chose, for example, that did it as well, like going around a mountain. So it, it goes more outwards, right? It actually makes you uh, shake a little bit your body. You can speak to people. Like you are, like in that sense, like it, it brings more in a physical sensation. Well, you know, each, each, each medicine is very, very different. So I think that is also the beauty on like when you choose one or when you feel the call from one, right? Like what is maybe what it needs to teach you, right? Like what is the teaching that it has behind? And each plan is really like, it's, it's, that's how they're called. Like they're plan teachers, right? And, and they have different ways of teaching. So, you know, ayahuasca can be more like a mom. She teaches you, you know, like really deeply, like, you know, like just like taking your hand very firmly and, and holding there. Like it's just there for you, embraces you hard. And it's just there holding you in anything you might need to go. Well, maybe San Pedro is a bit more, well, in this case, masculine, you know, when we through San Pedro or Bidori can be more playful. So it's more like outwards and it invites you to, okay, go and play, go and play, my love, and, and have fun. But at the same time, when I need to teach you a lesson, then you come here and you put it in my lap and then, okay, let's speak. So it, it has this really different ways of energy. Psilocybin is also, also has been addressed as um, by shamans as, they call them in Spanish, and you probably can't get to understand, of course, uh, Los Niños Santos. So they're like very playful energy in many ways, but it can also bring you very, very deep, right? So I think it's a very beautiful medicine to also start um, exploring around. I think it has very different ways to also get there. I think for also microdosing is a quite easy way to also yeah, feel that in, in, a, in a safe setting, which is like maybe you can try with truffles. So that's also a natural thing, which is legal already in many countries. Um and, but you can also get explored like furthermore, like also in a bigger trip. I think, yeah, going into other types of medicines can be also very beautiful. But again, I always, when people ask me, we're in clients as well, they're exploring to go into, into plant medicine. I always, I always encourage to look on your call, right? Like really what is calling you? Like what is really the call from a plant from you? Yeah, I love that. So we'll explain. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand really all the, the science behind each of the plants. So I love that you share that with, with us. Um, what advice would you give to someone who might be thinking of, of starting to or try psychedelics, plant medicine? Yeah, for sure. So I, I, would, I would definitely just check on really check with yourself, like, how does this feel as well for your body? Like, why you're having a call to really allow it to be? And if it's meant for you, it's just going to happen, right? I think that that is maybe also when for human design, it can get to be that maybe the falls in a certain way where maybe someone invites you to a ceremony or maybe if you're a manifestor, you will eventually end up like, you know, initiating yourself like the search of like, you know, this is going to be happening right now. Um, but I would say like really connect with yourself on, on, on really knowing if this is for you just like know that this can happen. Second, I would say on a practical level as well, I think it's good to also know, get to investigate a little bit for yourself as well on, yeah, if this is also good for yourself, like it, that feels also good for you to try. Maybe getting some little research, I think it always helps you to also feel more safe in your investigation that you also know what you're consuming, what plant is that you're also putting in your body. I think it also invites you to connect also with the energy of the plant. Um, and I'm also saying that to maybe some people who might be listening who, yeah, might have this hesitation of like, again, like these beliefs around like maybe they grow up as well in a place where this is, 
yeah, like as well, like in my family where this was actually quite difficult or, you know, like there may be many programs around uh, medicine and, and plant medicine and psychedelics in general. So like allow you to see these type of beliefs, like to also observe them. I always say like, just observe, like just, just do this exercise of observation and get to see that if this arises, that you can process this fear, right? Because I think that's going to be helping you as well, that if it's your call to go, that then you can do it. And I would also say that if you really feel with these things and, and there is, of course, there is no contraindication. Um, so like, let's say make contraindication would be uh if there was if there was any hard issues i think that in those type of cases then that would be like something which would not be definitely convenient to do but if, if that's not the case then yeah just follow your intuition and go for it i think that would be like an absolutely thing and a like an experience to see and surrender i think surrender if you go special to high those that can be such a beautiful thing to to really experience and i would say like summing up i know probably a lot of people and that's been also my experience with speaking with clients as well with also people in my surroundings a very easy way to really get started like it's kind of like tipping toes is microdosing and i think that is like such a beautiful practice to do because what you're literally doing is you're allowing yourself to be working with plant medicine, but still by keeping your life on. So I think this is like, for me, microdosing has been such a game-changing practice. So microdosing, why microdosing, I believe, has been like a total game shifter is because, so yeah, I was saying, how do you really get to think on, explain that in a correct way? So imagine like in your brain, your nerves tend to do a certain path, right? Like over your years, they just carve like this little path and they go from one point to another and you just get used to going to that path so anytime you maybe have a thought you might be just going and taking that path and that that certain something starts to become like then path a thought becomes a belief and a belief becomes a value that gets very embedded and then it's very subconscious right so i think that's like the little difficult part and sometimes then to go there beneath and you know uncarve that path because our, our brain just works in automatic so it just takes this path over and over so what this starts to create and what psilocybin does which is very magical with microdosing it's starts to very subtly starts to create new paths right so it starts to really like you're suddenly you're just taking this dose one every two days for a month you set an intention you do also do with other practices that can help you to integrate your whole experience because it's, it's a is a, it's a life-changing experience it's a really life-changing experience and what it just suddenly started to happen you don't feel high like you're literally just like able to do everything you want you do exercise you hang out with your friends you might feel indeed certain differences between maybe the day that you take the dose that maybe on the months where you're not because that's the point but what you start to realize is that you start to get so many new ways of how your brain gets to think mm. it's like it's creating new paths and it's literally creating new neuronal paths because what psilocybin does what microdose in general does is it helps us to unplug from our default system and really create new ways of thinking, right? New ways that our brain can actually develop and create new connections with it, between the neurons. I love this because this is actually when you start like self-development and we all know about the, the wiring of the brain and you normally go through this through meditation, affirmations, creating new habits until the new pathways are, are recorded. So we'll just say that with microdosing, it happens more like, naturally as you take the doses more, rather than just you trying to intentionally change the beliefs and change the the behaviors and the habits i would say it, it happens faster mm -hmm. <laughs> so i think that that's my experience like it, it happens just faster because 
it, it just it just really goes into your brain. It's like it's like you're taking a medicine. Like if you're taking magnesium or you're taking vitamin C, something that you might be seeing that maybe your immune system gets stronger, right? Like it might be just very subtle, right? So it's it's a very similar way with microdosing that it just starts happening. You don't really need to do anything, but I mean, of course, you need to do the whole integration, set a good intention. So there are quite some things in it like that really make a big a good microdosing practice versus you know maybe a microdosing practice where you don't really see a lot of change. So that's normally what I also teach with clients and I work with them. How to ensure that you really go from point A to point Z. Uh, but it really what happens is that you see that faster because you suddenly start to have these aha moments. Uh, and then, then sometimes they actually did not came on the day where you took the dose, but they actually come on the days later after you have taken your dose that you suddenly start to realize things that you have never, ever thought in your life. You start to suddenly connect dots that they were very far away or they seem to be very far away. And you see now a connection. Like your empathy also gets very increased. For, I think for people who may have experienced depression, anxiety, or who are maybe dealing with burnout, like I think that is a huge game changer because it allows you to see things from a different perspective. So the same like if you would be doing a higher dose trip, but this goes in a very subtle way. So I think the benefit there is that also for, for people who are new on, on experience in, 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 in psychedelics, it can be a very easy way to tiptoe, like to really see if this is for you or if it's not for you. And to also get to experience that with having a softer integration, because what you experience is, is a whisper, right? Like maybe if you go into a higher trip, it's like someone is screaming for you for eight hours. And it's like, I and that's why sometimes, yeah, then sometimes for people that's way too difficult to integrate. You know, that depends on the resources again, you have the set and setting, as we said before. But microdosing is, is different in a sense that I think doing that with a correct way, of course, knowing, you know, like that's for you correctly implied, then you really can be having this whisper for an entire month. And, and, and the thing, which is the most absolutely impactful thing from this is that the effects are long lasting, right? So I think this is the, one of the, there is this uh, wonderful man called James Spadiman, who is one of the most important developers of microdosing and who was actually the person who started using this term like some years ago. And, and, and he has like wonderful stories around what happened with, you know, with patients and people start doing microdosing and he's done a lot of research around this. And it happened to be people who, who stopped having pains, you know, in their bodies that they were just not able to take before. Myself also, when I started, I, I used to have like these cramps in my period, which were absolutely insane. And, and when I started my microdosing practice, they actually stopped for 10 months, you know? So it, it, it wow. brings like these long lasting effects. I'm saying, of course, in a physical level, but what I noticed, of course, after years of having, for example, microdosing practice, which has been very intentional, um, uh, and it's, of course, you need to give space in between your protocols because that's like, that's also helps the brain. Like you don't need to be doing that every time here and there. Um, that what happens there is that I notice how my brain, you know, like on periods, I've been doing like long periods without microdosing, of course. And I notice how my brain just goes directly into these new paths. So this, this new way of your brain working, it stays with you. And this is where I say like, this is a life changer because it's, it's literally you're allowing yourself to rewire this whole thing and making it faster, right? Which is the whole thing on maybe if you're willing to maybe be in the same place in one year from now, or if you're actually really ready into, okay, I really, I really don't want to be there in one year. So I really want to take action now. So it's it's a very beautiful it's a very beautiful experience. I I highly encourage. I think it's going to be becoming every time more and more often. I think also between men. I, I know many men. Like there are many communities. You know, maybe has been a bit more popular because of this whole Silicon Valley scene. You know, people doing microdosing and entrepreneurs. And I think that is the part where I I like also bringing this. How do we how do we blend the plant medicine 
with our approach as women, right? Which might be different, right? Like maybe men on a microdosing setting has been way more performance oriented and, you know, like getting bigger and big, big, big and perform, perform and do. Well, ourselves is again, it's an approach more from intuition, right? And the call from the plant. And how do you actually sync this with your period, for example? How do you use this natural wisdom with yourself that the plant is just reflecting, right? So maybe also connect with plants which are having a more feminine energy. So it's it's a whole it's a whole world there, like which I think it's it's been yeah, like we as so women. Interesting. I'm just listening I'm <laughs> a lot today. I'm not talking at all because this is so very new to me, but so interesting. And this is definitely an area and something that I, I want to explore at some point. Would you say that, uh, can anyone do microdosing on their own? Do they need a guide or just some guidance on what they need to do while they are doing the microdosing throughout a month or whatever there is? Yeah. So I would say here, the best practice is to get some guidance. Uh, why I suggest this is, Basically, because I've seen also along people who have tried microdosing themselves, it can get to happen uh, that you just try out and it doesn't work. And many people actually drop off. Mm-hmm. Maybe they experience also maybe some secondary effect, which is not nice. And they maybe didn't take the time before to get some investigation or some or sorry, I'm sorry, guidance. And, and the second reason is special because what happens many times, and I think that also comes from very analytical people might be special skeptical at the beginning on how is this going to be working and i think you can't really have like when you do a microdosing practice and you do it intentionally it is very different than if you just do it for doing it right it's kind of like again this program on if you're putting like the the saver should be the plan so okay kind of like come give me all the answers and you know like you save me because you know i'm in this situation versus when you actually take ownership and you actually see the plan just as a mirror and then you have an intention and you just call out your intentions like you were telling the intention to the universe universe show me this i know it's there just just give me the mirrors for me to see it more clearly right and then this is when this unfolds so i think also having a guidance is having a guide or someone who can drive you special i think when yeah when you maybe don't know how to integrate this or or you maybe really want to see a shift from the beginning up to the end i think it's very good to maybe get some yeah some 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 previous idea of what's the best also get to know the different types of medicines that there are maybe different types of particles that there are but especially the integration part i think that's the most important mm-hmm. because that's i think that's maybe where people maybe get to feel like maybe they didn't feel a lot uh, in the microdosing protocol or or maybe they messed up a bit with the dose. So I, I, you know, I've spoken to hundred people like they have this, oh, you know, I was trying, but then I realized I was doing lower dose. And then for my weight, uh, probably I needed to do more. So you need to find your sweet spot, right? And maybe if you do that together with someone or you do that in a group, or you do that also maybe with some guidance and maybe in self-paced uh, course that you do, it can help you to really enhance your experience. And if you feel this is for you, you'll take it probably in, in a different level. In my case, I think my experience was also that I combined, and this is also what I do with clients. So I combine my own personal goal setting way of doing things where I do this every month. Again, my experiments on really like having a very clear way on how do I want to see myself by the end of the month. And then, and then, more than how do I want to see myself in a way of like super hardcore or gold oriented setting It's more again, what's my intention of my life for this month? Like if this was my last month of life, why am I not willing to give up? And what am I really wanting to really bring an impact to myself and to others? How do I want to feel more joy? And this intention, like, you know, maybe there is a specific thing that I really want to look at, or maybe there's a specific thing that I really want to maybe achieve, right? Or maybe there's a specific thing that I really want to explore and, you know, and connect more. So having this intention by the beginning of the month and 
and then knowing where you want to head out like by the end of the month micro dosing can just really like you know like catapult this and the same if you also do that with maybe uh, a business goal right like this can be also starting from point a and maybe you're working with a business partner or you're working on your own and you're spending a lot of hours with yourself this can be a huge enhancer right because you you know that by the end of the month you want to get this and that and and then this is just like allowing you to see other perspectives other things that you haven't not done and i think that's where maybe having a guidance there who can be also maybe having some hand holding some guidance as well and getting to know that if you are having some struggle to integrate anything or if you just get like some practical questions it can be just like a whole game changer like for you to really like see a before and after and i think that's the part where i would always suggest i, I think this is getting bigger in a sense i also see uh microdosing as probably one of the tools uh, for the future of coaching. So you see myself, I tend to speak a lot about future and, you know, tendencies and trends. I think that's like one of my gifts that I have divine about like looking on future trends and I've predicted quite a lot. <laughs> so um, I think, I think microdosing will be probably like in the next, I would say probably five years, a little bit more, perhaps one of the tools which are going to be like cutting edge tools for coaches which are already starting to happen. So there are actually quite some institutions which are already training coaches, uh, not only, you know, like from a therapeutic point of view, but also on coaching side, like as I said, people who do not necessarily understand where they are needing a medicine just to heal. Maybe they're like in a, in a place where, yeah, they need psychological support, but there are people who are actually using this for well-being. And again, using this for well-being, having the right support can just like bring you to a totally different spot. And again, in a way faster way. Well, I really believe people are going to open this more and more and it's going to be a game changer Definitely. for so many people and as well with depression and yes things so yeah this was so wonderful i really loved everything that you shared and i'm excited to to actually <laughs> try myself uh, so just before we we finish i would love to ask you the powerful wild and magical question so yeah. what's something that you are absolutely in love with right now in your life that is truly lighting your soul up Wow. Oh my God. I love this question to finish. Wow. Something that I'm truly in love right now. Absolutely. And it's like driving me. Anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think this has been so much alive as well for me this week, like movement and, and the embodiment, like embodiment and anything like it has been always a medicine for myself. But I think I think as well, you might be relating as we are normally like working in coaching and as well, you know, like in a coaching world with can sometimes tend to be like quite a lot in the mind at a certain point. And we just shift from the, you know, like the heart center where you're speaking with a client, maybe from here you open it up or for yourself, but you eventually end up here, like the energy tends to be more in the top in the mind. And I think bringing ourselves back into the body and I, especially myself, I do it through dance. So I, I have like a quite intense <laughs> dance schedule. I also do a lot of, I want to start my business as well. I really like one of the main things that I start doing is like, okay, I get a massage and I do it very regularly. So really get into my body very frequently it allows me to really untap myself in my fullest potential, right? And I think, yeah, what I'm really fully like in love for already quite some years is this type of dancing is called ecstatic dance. So it's literal dancing, like there is no yeah, one watching you know. and in a such a free way. And it's it's just like, it's it's literal medicine. It has been, music and moving anywhere you want to Exactly. Watch. It has been a medicine in challenging times. It has been a medicine in very good times. It has been a joy in my life, along with people and in different surroundings. So that's been thriving my life. Like That seems it's a big one for me to actually ground and recenter my energy. Yeah. And I do it every time I have, just before the session uh, we started to talk, I was dancing and- Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. Whenever I feel like I'm too much in my head or I've been working for like two hours in a row, yeah. 
I just go back to dancing. It's such an amazing way to bring your energy back. Into yes, it. I love that. Have you tried also doing that with more people? No, I haven't yet. But there are a few places here that I know they do static dance. Do so. It's going to be a life changer. It's, it's well like the same. I I was just like a few days ago in a session and there was this beautiful DJ. So we did it in the house and, and, and he really said something that was so wise. I think I just posted it recently. And it was like just what you do and when you do it more regularly as well, like what happens in the dance floor, like it really changes the way how you relate outside because you are going there and you see your patterns and you see how you approach situations. And then you do, you know, things and you play and you move. And then when you go out, you realize how should that thing that you changed there starts to change outside. It's mm. deeply healing. It's amazing. It's another way. And it can also be an altered state of consciousness, right? Like it, that, that is the point on like, yes. how do you really access into these other ways and realms of consciousness? Because it's literally entering a trance. Like it can be very ecstatic. It can also be very miserable. It can also be very, very, you know, like, uh, like you are really going through all your shadows. But it can also be really bringing you into that state where maybe you would not be accessing to this if you were just like thinking and writing and trying to get everything to your mind. So I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I will definitely try. Um, where can people find you? And if there is any offers or anything that you want to share? Yeah, for sure. So I'm usually hanging out on Instagram. So it's been the channel where I'm mostly active and sharing also like bits and all around what we've been talking around business psychedelics and also like a lot of feminine power. So I think yeah, you can find me there. It's Leah.serrano. Serrano, like the ham, it's quite easy. Anyway, we can also put that on the notes. And also you can find LinkedIn. So I think I, I'm starting also to get more active there. So that's like more on a business level, but I always love to also keep it open also for coffees that I have with people, connecting us with other businesses which might be aligned. Uh, but yeah, you can find me there. Uh, the website is holding. So also it's a beautiful name on letting the story there. So it's like the whole spectrum of how do we become whole, right? Like how do we do this verb of practicing to become one so that really comes out from my personal story and all these things that we have been sharing today i was actually wondering when i saw it what was the meaning of it yeah it's like becoming whole it's like the verb of really becoming one to become whole with oneself and then eventually of course with others and yeah also then as i'm hanging out on instagram so i think on the next couple of days uh you're also listening to this on time i'll be launching also a program with microdosing and feminine power which is one of the beautiful things, yes, on really mixing these two worlds out. It's a masterclass, so it's actually quite affordable for everyone. It's very easy. And what it really brings to you is like this tip taster and to how to really get started with your microdosing practice. But again, as I said, like going through, really using this through your feminine powers, right? Because I think there is a lot being spoken around how to do it just like in a practical level and microdosing protocols and, you know, perform and the wellness and everything. But as a woman and using our intuition and our personal power and also a cycle, that's something that I've used myself and it brought me so many shifts. So I really want to share this knowledge and it's going to be out there. So oh, the class is happening over the next week. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds super interesting. Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing all your wisdom with us. Thank you as well, Nadia. Thank you for creating this space. Thank you also for sharing your knowledge and for the amazing work you're doing as well. Really Again, like this is a beautiful reflection of also, yeah, what I was calling out at the beginning of this new era where we as women, we're getting our standing out in our power, where we're really bringing this high intuition, this wisdom spread and yeah, integrating that with all the energies as well from the masculine. So really, really thankful as well with what you're doing. It was truly magical to have you here. Thanks for listening. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please subscribe, share it, tag me and Leah and share your thoughts and breakthroughs with us. I would love to connect with you. Follow me on Instagram where you can find more of what I do and chat with me on the DMs. 
And if you are ready to move to the next level, create massive alignment, step into your full feminine power and unlock your innate magnetism to manifest your deepest desires, I invite you to book a complimentary session with me. In my work, I combine quantum healing and activations, feminine energy, human design, jinkies, and success strategy to help you create a successful life and business that's full of freedom, pleasure, and ease. You can book your free session through the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for being here with me today. I will see you in the next episode, Powerful, Wild, and Magical Being.